The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. Yo, 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 yo. College football, NFL football, and a new year. Man, this year is starting off pretty exciting. What would you say about that, Reese? What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, J.D.? How you doing? And I'm doing well, doing well. Just uh, going through a lot of home repairs right now, so, you know, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Good. Pretty sure it's a little bit of a headache, but uh, Absolutely. you got to no. do what you got to do. <laughs> For sure. Hey, how's the weather over there? Because I know uh, we're having abnormally cold weather. I've had frost on my car two days in a row because I decided but, I can't park in my garage. So, Yeah, I know uh, Monday, Monday morning, it dipped down to around 16 degrees, believe it or not. And uh, I had a ton of frost on the car. So that wasn't fun having to, you know, remove that and then take the kids to school and get them there on time. But uh, the last couple of days, it's been around low to mid 40s, uh, which has been uh, somewhat of an upgrade over, over the last few days. But I think there's another cold front hitting this head this way. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, it. it you know, they're getting brutalized up north, Chicago and Minnesota, Minneapolis and whatnot, Milwaukee. So it's just drifting down further south. So we're at the tail end of that cold weather. Okay. But okay. Hopefully, hopefully it breaks soon and, and spring is right around the corner, man. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm complaining in the 60 degrees, it drops down to 45 at night. But still, it's, it's, it's a whole new deal for us. But anyway, man... Uh, it, the weather's been cold, but there's a lot of things that have been hot. Did you watch the bowl game Monday? Yeah, I did. I did watch it, and, <clears throat> you know, it, it made up for all of the whack bowl games, you know, in this bowl season. Uh, it was probably the best game, I'd say that, and uh, the Oregon-TCU game in the Alamo Bowl, I, I think those were the two best games of all the bowl yeah. games so yeah definitely more uh so more parody in those games but i'm gonna tell you this being here in the atmosphere four and a half miles from my house it was electric uh one things was i was surprised bama fans didn't travel as well actually i'm not surprised um there were a lot of empty seats in the stadium that you more than you would have expected for a game of this magnitude uh the clemson fans uh they were you saw a lot of orange out here uh throughout the streets of Scottsdale and Phoenix. I will have to tip off my haps uh to the Clemson fan, female fans. They were much cuter than the Alabama fans. I just want to let you know that. 
<laughs> uh, it, so, you know, if I if I had to put money on it based upon the fans, I thought Clemson would close it out. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to go to, like, uh, I don't know if you've been around whether they've had, like, large bowl seasons and stuff in the area, Reese. But so they kind of blocked off downtown, similar to what they did last year for a Super Bowl. And so they had uh, Mrs. future Mrs. Russell Wilson singing in Sierra. Saw her for the third time in like two weeks. I was excited. Uh, and then you had, so you had a lot of concerts, but then you had the uh, college football experience, which was good for kids and had opportunity to talk to Mark Ingram. I had just missed Dwight Clark, my former uh, boss at the Browns. So, I mean, it, it, it was lively around here. Yeah, I bet. Uh, the only time <clears throat> I was in the city during a, you know, a bowl game, it was around two that well, uh, nineteen ninety nine down in New Orleans uh, Sugar Bowl, when uh, Florida State and Ohio State were uh, gonna play, and I was actually down there for the flag football championship, the collegiate flag football championships, uh, or tur- big tournament down there. So we were just uh down you know down there kicking it on uh bourbon street and whatnot and you had you had tons of florida state and ohio state fans uh all around the place so it 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 does have a really electric feeling especially when you have two massive universities and their alumni coming together in one location for a big game like that so i can I, i can only imagine how it was uh on monday night or or Actually, the entire weekend leading up uh, to Monday night. Yeah, it was the entire weekend. So, I mean, going to the game, uh, I wanted, I hate to say it, I was a little biased. I'm just not an Alabama fan. I like their players. But Clemson, I, I was actually rooting for them. And not just because of hating Alabama because they won. have no problem with that. I like a winner. It's just some other things. And I thought, I thought Clemson... I wanted them to win, but I knew Alabama would. Uh, and Clemson came in. Deshaun Watson, let me tell you, I was sitting by his mom for a part of the game. The boy came to play. Yeah, he did. And, you know, we, we talked about this game last week, and we gave our predictions. Uh, you, you did pick Alabama. I picked Clemson uh, based on the fact that Alabama has a history of not being able to deal with uh, – you know, mobile quarterbacks, uh, you know, dual threat quarterbacks. And, you know, Watson did not disappoint at all. Uh, the the more surprising thing was the mental breakdowns of Clemson's defense. And I think part, part of that was probably due to a number of players being injured and out. Um, but there are just so many uncharacteristic uh, breakdowns. But, you know, and I want to add to that, you know, it may be uncharacteristic them the amount of breakdowns during that game, but they did have similar situations uh, when Notre Dame played there and, and throughout the season, which uh, kept teams in the game. But, um, you know, that and then on top of, you know, Alabama being able to just make big play after big play. Um, Clemson did a pretty good job on, on Henry. I mean, he broke out for that, what, 53-yard touchdown. Uh, earlier on, but after that, you know, they pretty much held him in check. Uh, uh, well, yeah, you know. I felt like Clemson kind of took the game away from themselves in terms of uh, the play call. I thought, uh, well, I felt like 
early on they should have been doing more like read option. I felt like that would have put uh, Alabama against the ropes. And basically, I take the old uh, gladiator saying, are you not entertained? Are you not? Is this not what you came for? And I thought that if they did that with Deshaun, give them their greatest fear, I thought it would open up the gates for more things instead of trying to, you know, bait them and then eventually doing it. I felt like if you would have did that, if they would have just did what they did do earlier, I felt like the momentum would have went on their side and continued to stay on their side. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really didn't have too much of an issue with, you know, the Clemson offensive game plan. I, you know, let, let's face it. I mean, Alabama is a very good defense. This is probably one of their best defenses in the last couple of years. And Clemson still was able to put up 40 on them. Now, you throw in, you know, Watson's uh, interception, which was terrible. And then uh, Alabama was able to uh, convert off of that, get some points off of that. But uh, other than that, I mean, you know, I, I have no problem with what they did offensively, um, except for that, you know, in, in the fourth quarter, in the middle of the fourth quarter, I, I felt like they had a chance to really put the nail in the coffin. But uh, they turned it over on downs. And it was that one play in particular where uh, the, the handoff was bobbled. Mm-hmm. And Watson had to uh, basically lay down on the ball. That was a wasted play right there. And I believe if they would have picked up that first down, I, I think that was a, a second down play. And then it turned into a third and 18 or something like that. And I, I, I think the next play was like a pass out into the flats that came, you know, well short of the first down. And they had yeah. to punt. And then they had like a critical uh, third down where the receiver ran a two yard route, and I'm like, okay, it's third and four. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. And so, but I was really impressed with Clemson's uh, front four. Man, Shaq is the real deal. I mean, those dudes up there, they were playing, and I felt like that they would were going to create more turnovers. But here, give it to Saban and the staff. I think the most critical part of the game was that special teams call, the onside kick. And I, I felt like special teams was Achilles' heel for the most part for Clemson throughout the game. I felt yeah, absolutely. Like I, I had I had to say if you match everything else that they were doing, that's where the game was won and lost more than anything. Because you knew Henry, and that is a huge son of a gun. <laughs> Yeah, did you see that? Did you see the photo of him standing next to uh, Mark Ingram at the uh, at the coin toss? Yeah, but Mark Ingram's not a tall dude. Uh, well, so, yeah, it, he's five. Well, he, he's five nine, you know. But the fact that you know th- there's this big, you know, difference in in, in in stature. Both of them are are Heisman winners. Both of them are from Alabama, but and, and they and they were great. You know, they had great college careers. But just the difference, how massive Henry was, and, you know, standing next to uh, Ingram, I, I thought that was kind of hilarious. But oh, he, yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, he. I mean, I don't know how that how his game would translate to the NF, NFL and being a big body and getting hit. You know, I think of Christian Okoye's and guys like that. Very few have had long careers compared to the smaller backs, the more elusive backs, but. Right now, he's a great college player. I mean, he, if he, he is, huh? If he could, 
if he can channel some type of Eddie George, you know, look at Eddie George film, figure out how he was able to play in the league for a good amount of time and and survive and and, and stay healthy, I think he'll do well. Uh, but you know, we know that Alabama running backs haven't had a good history of playing in the league, so uh, we'll see and, what. And, how and deal with out. the history before going to break. They just have a hit, uh, long, a lot of injuries. So usually when they get to the pros, they're beat up. But speaking about uh, taking a break and getting beat up, uh, we're going to give our listeners a break and we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So while we're over break, we're continuing our conversation regarding uh, the special teams play with Alabama. And like I stated to Maurice, I felt like Nick Saban, it was a tip, uh, tip of the hat, and just really how well Clemson and the t- they were playing that they had to resort to that because a coach like Nick, Nick Saban, they like to stick to a basic thing. This is what we're going to do. You know, a lot of coaches are not much for quote unquote trick plays, and hey, they did it. They did it successfully, and it was a difference. It made a difference in the game. Yeah, I totally agree with you right there. Um, I I just saw it as an ultimate sign of respect Mm -hmm. to, you know, utilize an onside kick to get an an edge in this game. Because basically, you know, when you look at it, this was a very evenly, you know, played game. Uh, You know, Alabama couldn't do anything with uh, Watson for the most part. I mean, he's put up the most uh, total yards and, and, uh, and, and championship game history, a bowl game history, but, and, and, and 
likewise, you know, the big plays that Alabama was making, uh, it was just an even matchup. So that one play, that onside kick really kind of changed the momentum and changed the tide of, of the game. And they were able to uh, come down and score after that. So, and, you know, I, it, that was that really happened right after Clemson was unable to, uh, you know, convert first downs and 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 put more pressure on Alabama. And they came down to kick that field goal. And right after that, they kicked the onside kick. So, I mean, it, it was excellent time and something that wasn't expected from, you know, uh, from saving. And uh, like I said, it was it just seemed like an ultimate sign of respect. So, oh, and I agree with you. And- it was, and all that to be said. I mean, Clemson uh, should keep their heads up. They have a young team. They did well. It was an excellent game. It wasn't Alabama just totally destroying a team. It was, hey, they're lining up and they were in a fist fight and they got the res- Clemson won the respect of many uh, with the fist fight. And I, it was funny because I had some Clemson fans staying with me, uh, Joey, Joe. And Barb, how you guys doing? I know they're listening to the show. They should be back in Carolina. So we had a good time. I actually had the chance to go and their guys, Amos's. uh, Hey, the Clemson fans, I'm going to tell you, man, they came deep with their motor homes and stuff like that. I'm talking about like like the Madden bus. (laughs) It It was pretty nice, man. And they had to bring some Lolos on there. So your boy had to have his chicken fixed. So, I mean, we had a great time. And um, also, Dwayne Bates, he was in town. I didn't realize his nephew, uh, number 25 for Clemson, was playing. And it was funny because we were just talking about him. And then I looked. I'm pulling in a parking lot at Lolo's again. And I look I'm like, DB? And so we all uh, had breakfast together. And thank you again for the free meal. He took care of the whole table. So it was, it was a blast. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so, and I just want to add one more thing. Uh, Clemson's going to be preseason number one next year and making it well they've already talked about them being preseason number one because they're returning so many guys and uh you know Deshaun Watson who let's face it I mean he's a front runner for the highs and uh McCaffrey is also up there with him but they're returning a lot of guys on both sides sides of the ball so I believe that they're going to end up preseason number one uh, and there's been talk about that, but there's a good chance that they can end up right right back in this game uh, next year. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do uh, next season. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Now, going going on to other good games, did you? Well, I won't say one of them was pretty good, or two of them were good. The frozen fields of Minnesota with Seattle. Talk oh about, yeah! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you know. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say about that game. I mean, Seattle was dead in the water. Walsh it was a chip shot. He just shanked it. You know, there's so many things that can happen in cold weather like that, and you know, on top of it being a high pressure situation. So I think that combination of things played into into it. But he had hit, like, what, three field goals prior to that. But let's but go I, deeper I, to that. Let's go with the AP fumble. And what did I tell you? The X Factor was Chan, uh, Cam Chancellor coming back and his play. 
And that became one of the difference makers. Yeah. Um, because he matches well with most running backs in the box. And because he's that hybrid player, he's part linebacker, part safety with range. <laughs> and I felt like that would be key. What did Adrian Peterson run for? 31 yards? Yeah, it, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. But, you know, neither team really did anything offensively. I mean, it was a – I'm going to be quite honest. You know, the the wild card games were, with the exception of uh, the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, which I know that we'll get into, um, they weren't that good. Well, so, yeah, but going back to this game, one of the things I like, though, and it showed, is just making a key play at the right time. And it said, you know, one play can almost define you sometimes in the game. And I felt like Russell Wilson was defined with that skip scramble, kept his eyes downfield, and that 31-yard pass was, again, one of the climax of that game. That changed their whole fate for the most part. It put them in a position to score. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And it, it, it was a, a difficult pass also. I mean, you know, uh, ro- rolling to, you know, some people think that rolling to your right, if you're right-handed is, is easier. I, I sometimes think it's, you know, it would be more difficult, but Hey, it was a difficult right? Yeah. Ro- he was rolling to his right and, ma- and made that pass. No, I, I, I know he that rolling to his left when he threw that, when he dropped the ball, he he muffed the snap. He picked it up, and then he was scrambling scrambling to his left. Actually, was it to his left or to his right? It was right? to his left. Okay, I thought that play was made on the right side. Maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, of, uh, I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> I'm confused in a couple of games. Yeah, because he was in shotgun and lost the snap to, and it hit his right shoulder. Then he went and re- okay. reversed. Yeah, and yeah, threw yep, it left. Yep, yep. I, yeah, I remember and, now. And it was one of the things that when I work with young quarterbacks, I tell them, always keep your eyes downfield. You have to be able to kind of spot where the ball is, but you got to keep your eyes downfield. And that's another person that does an excellent job with that is Big Ben. They're always looking, and that's how big plays get extended. And those are the ones, as a team on the opposing side, frustrate you because it's like, okay, you know, sometimes you may have did what you needed to do or you put pressure on them, and these are the points of the game that can take you one way or the other, and then they do something like that, and it's just like those are things you can't even coach, you know, you can't coach your team about, you know. Also, what it does, I mean, it just forces the DBs to stay honest. You know, if they start, you know, hedging up and, and that was probably the case. I, I couldn't I didn't see any replays downfield, but I mean you just keep the DBs and the linebackers at bay and then, you know, just that dual threat when you get out of the pocket. So I and he made an excellent play rolling out of that because there was pressure coming off that right end also. So Absolutely. And so uh speaking of the other game, we'll talk about the boring ones. We gotta cover them. But they're uh the Kansas City Texans game. I mean, Kansas City comes out the gates and it's just like, here we are, and boom. I I had thought the Texans would put up a fight. I was highly disappointed in their performance. And yeah, it was it was nasty. What is that now? Uh eleven in a row for Kansas City, twelve or eleven? Eleven in a row now? 
Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're playing good opportunistic ball. Uh, you know, they're limited somewhat, but Kelsey is big. He's always a, a big target. But I'm interested to see how Macklin, you know, is if he's going to be ready to play this weekend because I believe that, I mean, they they have a good chance to, you know, they're, they're going to uh, uh, New England, right? They yes. have a good chance to go in there and make it interesting, you know, especially with the way New England's been playing as of late. So it will be interesting to see what they do up there. I would be highly shocked if they beat New England a second time. Uh, although I think that Kansas City's defense, you know, especially now you got some fresh legs coming back, things like that. I think that puts them in a position to play well. As well as their offense has been coming along, I just feel like Belichick is defined by these moments, just like I said with Russell Wilson and so on. And I think from a coaching standpoint, this is where he, i.e. Nick Saban, uh, Tony Dungy, those guys, They here's where the work that they put in starts to take place and that's when they shine. And then their players, I think Tom Brady is defined by these moments. He could have a 500 yard passing day, you know, against one of the better secondaries and one of the better uh, uh, front fours uh, in the league. I just, I can't in clear conscience say that Kansas city will win this game. It's going to be tough, definitely. I mean, whenever you go into Foxborough, it's it's going to be tough. So, and and we don't know what the weather is going to be like this week. I haven't looked at any forecasts or anything, so that could uh, come into play as well. But um, we'll see. I, I think it's going to come down to who who makes the least mistakes. I mean, it's basically that. You know, will will yeah, so, we'll Kansas? Uh, so if you had, so if you had to pick a, a team, who are you picking? I'm going with New England because of home field advantage and because of Tom, <clears throat> Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. You know, but that being said, I mean, look, Kansas City, I mean, we, we've seen it before, you know, in recent history. I, the, the one team that comes to mind, well, it's not necessarily recent, but, you know, when Green Bay uh, in their Super Bowl uh, winning year, they basically got hot at the right time and they kept it going through the playoffs. So, now, 10 games is a lot of regular season games to string string together. But, I mean, hey, I mean, these guys are playing with a lot of confidence. Alex Smith is making the right plays. And he's being that dual threat quarterback, i.e. like a Russell Wilson, who is able to, you know, stretch, uh, you know, stretch out plays with his legs and keep his eyes down the field. So and also pick up first downs and move the chain. So uh, we'll see how, you know, that comes to play, you know, against a New England defense that I believe is, you know, it's it's a good, but it's not great. So we'll see how that plays out. And again, this is familiar territory for New England. So I just think that the reigning Super Bowl champions just has that edge and they're going to go ahead and do what they do. But speaking of that, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Flagship station for sports. 
America's sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel the fans now have a voice to speak their mind no holds barred they need a bitch's ass and then move on i just, I just think that the coach made a mistake oh, crazy <laughs> nfl mlb nba nhl speak up speak up or forever hold your mouth we ain't playing around here voice america sports You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back. Uh, real fast, we're going to just start covering a couple things. We talked We talked about Kansas City. We bo- I, If I'm not mistaken reese you said you're kind of favoring uh new england but we'll do the picks but another interesting game was uh green bay and washington i did you like that (laughs) did you like that (laughs) (laughs) you know uh green bay looked good i mean let's face it uh they've been kind of you know in a in a questionable state the last couple of games, similar to New England with their play, and especially with the uh, offensive line play. But they look they looked really good. They held up for the most part. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made plays when he needed to. But I, I think the key factor in that game was the effectiveness of Eddie Lacy, uh, especially late in the game when he was able to pick up first downs and 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 breaks a brick uh, intermediate run. So. Um, that now, being said, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens going, going forward, but, but Washington, you know, 
I don't I the way the game started off, I thought Washington, especially when they got the safety, and Washington has just proven to be a little feisty team. They're just like Kirk Cousins. I thought Washington I I I was like, here it goes again. Washington's gonna put their hands on Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers didn't know where he was at. That's how it looked like it was going to start off. A way to persevere. I mean, (laughs) I was really, really shocked. And the game, the score of the game doesn't actually reflect. I felt like it was at some points it was a fairly decent game. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, especially between, uh, I'd say, the middle of the second and third quarters. I think it was uh, because I, I'm like you, the, you know, they got an early safety and I think they scored a touchdown right after that uh, to go up, what, nine, nothing, I believe, eight, nothing, mm-hmm. nine, nothing. And I, I actually thought that Washington was on the verge of blowing them out. Um, but the perseverance of Aaron Rodgers, the the uh, experience and the guys made plays, guys stepped up and, and, and made plays uh, for him as well. So. Uh, kudos to them. So uh, real Washington, fast. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to just make a general statement about Washington. I mean, I don't think anybody, well, that I know that I talked to thought that Washington had a chance to win the, the division. So it, when you look at the, the landscape of the NFC East, I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're arguably the most stable situation you got you have going now because <clears throat> you know with uh Coughlin gone from New York and you know uh Dallas possibly and you know hunting for another running back maybe uh <clears throat> what's Mark his name would go back down there but <laughs> I, I I think and Philadelphia you know Chip Kelly being fired from Philadelphia you know, right now they're sitting there like hey you know let's build off of this let's come back and and be better. And and win the East again and get back in this thing with experience. So, yeah, terrible, terrible spot. division. Now, quick question: <clears throat> Washington, would you, would you sign Kirk Cousins to a long term deal based upon this season? Man, that's a excellent question, and I, you know, I'd have to think about that for a while. <laughs> um, does he have any years left on his contract, or that is, is this it? Uh, I believe this is. I think this is it. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So that's very difficult, but you know, what what's the what's the uh, the the uh, ulterior? You know, what's what's the alternative, alternative? right now? Huh? You know, if you don't lock them up, I mean, what slap a franchise tag on them for a year? Uh, yeah, because I'm like, what else is out there? <laughs> you yeah, exactly. Know? Exactly. So I, I think. Right now, you have to lock him up because, you know, Griffin, he's gone. Uh, and I'm interested to see where he ends up. You know, hope, you know, I think a good spot would be in Houston for him, but that's another story for another day. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think you have to lock Cousins up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. Then – Going into the game that we have to talk about, <laughs> talking about lockup, it should have been a couple people locked up after this game. Cincinnati, talk about SIW, self-inflicted wounds. 
Cincinnati yeah. really knew how to do it to themselves in this game. I mean, they were physical. They were doing the things that they needed to do. And then the enemy within. Bruh. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the Can't person that right. I feel... The person that I feel really sorry for in this is Marvin Lewis because everybody's going to look at him like, you know, why is he still there? Of course, you know, Stephen A. Smith has given him a hard time for the last couple of years, you know, being able to, you know, retain his job year after year after year and not win a, a playoff game after, what, 13 seasons. But there's a situation where they didn't have uh, Dalton. Um, I thought that A.J. McCarron actually played, you know, okay. It wasn't great. He didn't play great, but he played okay. He made a couple of good passes. But everybody's going to look at it and think that, you know, oh, Marvin Lewis is running an insane asylum. There's no discipline. uh, Real fast, I want to stop you with the A.J. McCarron. Basically, what he did was manage the game, and the game was theirs to win. No, no, I agree. I totally, dude, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, and, you know, a couple of things, you know, before we even get to the to the perfect hit on Brown, I mean, you know, he had made the interception, ran down to the tunnel, which should have been a penalty, by the way. I, I don't know what. Or All those games. So, it was more yeah. Yeah, it was like, see, and I'm like, man, what's going on? But, you know, okay, whatever. What is it? The next play? Because I had walked away from the TV to do something. I don't know. I had to do something. I come back. The dude fumbles the ball. Pittsburgh gets the ball back. You know, so it's like, okay, it seems like everybody's for forgetting that situation. That was probably the most critical uh, play in that game because if he holds on to that ball and they continue to move the ball down, even if they get a field goal, they go up 10, okay, or whatever it is. I can't remember what the score. And then the opportunity for Perfect uh, uh, to, to make that hit on Brown is negated. It doesn't happen. And then all the shenanigans afterwards with, with Pac-Man. So – you know, I think that was much, much more critical than what happened after that. Yeah. Got to take care of the ball. <laughs> Got to take care of the ball. And, again, that that has something to do with it, you know, but still the other SIWs, it, it's just it's ridiculous. And as a head coach, I mean, in Cincinnati – I get when you're in Cincinnati and you're in a small market area where nobody wants to live, you almost have to take those castaways that other people may not touch, you know, to the undesirables in a sense to build your program. But you have to have things in place to make those guys do right when they're there or want to do there. Like New England have, has that in place. So, I mean, not like Boston's a horrible place, but Cincinnati's not a place that is typically desirable market for a pro athlete. It's so, just, you know, one of them middle of the country, you know, 
small to mid market cities that you know they they do have to go that route to uh you know put talent out there and yeah. i i just i just hate that with with this instance you know it, it's kind of hard to a man is going to do what a man wants to do okay it's like uh you know, with laws, you know, laws are always there. Laws have been created. That doesn't mean that men are going to follow the laws. And this is a perfect instance here. I'm pretty sure that Marvin Lewis and the coaching staff time and time again, talked to them before the game about keeping your emotions in check because the previous two games were crazy and chaotic. So, and I'm pretty sure that he said, look, don't let yourself be that guy that costs us a game, but some people just don't have the IQ or the temperament to really, you know, uh, control themselves. And so then it goes back to, you know, does Marvin Lewis have final say with who gets on the team? And, you know, cause I know Cincinnati is one of the rare uh, teams where their coaching staff is really their scouting staff, but, so bringing those guys in, you know, it was a reason why perfect with the first round talent, but not drafted. You know what you get? Yeah. Pac-Man Jones. Yes. I mean, he, I, give him credit. Up until, you know, this time, he has been under the radar for the most part. He had that one hit uh, in the season, but for the most part, he's been a good abiding citizen since he's been there. Law, law abiding citizen. It's just, there's a lot of fingers to point. And it's like, which one do you start with first? Yeah, it it was just one of those things. It was like uh, the perfect storm almost because, you know, with the rule changes and let's let's face it, the late, the the hit was late. Uh, To me, it wasn't helmet to helmet. But I get, you know, it just falls into that category of defenseless receiver. Now, you know, with that real quick, if if Brown would have caught the ball, would have been a legal hit. It still would have been targeting. It still would have been targeting. But it wasn't helmet to helmet. But it was hitting it. It was hitting a defenseless receiver, and I was like, so, "Where's that? Where's that rule when I needed it?" <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm I'm just thinking like in that type of situation, what is Perfect supposed to do? Like sit, like stand there and twiddle his thumbs before he applies a hit? I I just don't understand that because I, the the, well, the letter we'll, of the law. Break, I mean, we'll I, to break, we'll talk about it a little bit further, but we'll be right back. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with kwame lassiter 
formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144, 1-888-346-9144, or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back. Uh, we were discussing uh, finishing up with the Burfa kit, and one of the things uh, I mentioned was you got to know who you are and how the officials are already watching you, and you just have to make smarter decisions. Um, but moving on from that, let's just let's go into the positive things. We have Seattle going to Carolina. I think this is a great matchup, even though Carolina beat Seattle at Seattle. I think Seattle takes this. I think Cam Chancellor makes the difference. Against Cam Newton. This is going to be, uh, I, I think this is going to be the mark. You know what? I think all the games are going to be good this week, unlike last week. But I, this is the one game that I'm looking forward to watching because of how well Russell Wilson is playing. And also, like you said, with Cam Chancellor being back and being able to almost, you know, shadow Cam Newton to, to some extent. But the real question mark is whether or not Marshawn Lynch is going to play this week. Uh, there's been a little bit of rumbling in uh, social media about him not playing last week, even though he practiced all week last weekend. Uh, people are speculating maybe he uh, held out from playing as a show of, okay, let's see what you guys do without me since you He's guys didn't want to give me the ball in the Super Bowl. I'm so, going to tell you this. He's not that type of dude. That dude's a competitor. And he no, I, I, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe. I'm going maybe, to spell that one right off the bat. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Uh, but that's what some people are saying out there in, in social media land. But if he plays, it's going to be interesting because you're going to have two power games with two mobile quarterbacks. Uh, and it may come down to what receivers make plays. 
you know, you have Baldwin, you have, you know, Olsen, who's the main target for Carolina. So very intriguing matchup. Carolina won in Seattle earlier in the season, but that's when Seattle was playing like doo-doo. It seems like they've pulled it together despite how they played last week. And, you know, the cold weather would do that to anybody. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I'm looking forward to a good game. Yeah, I think that Carolina, what they do gets nullified by what Seattle does. You know, Seattle's going to play the co- their cover three, single high safety. You're going to have Cam Chancellor in the box, possibly even just spying or yep. playing on Greg Olson. You might even lock, have him lock on Greg Olson, and I think is a match, is a better match. And Cam has fresher legs. You know, Greg has been beat up all season, and they're going to tell, I can see it now, hey, Get ready. Let's put let's put some pads on Olsen and uh, Newton. And if anybody could do it in the NFL, would be Seattle Seahawks. You know they're a sound tackling team. They've got, and I think whether Marshawn plays or not, I think they'll win because the things that they're able to do to spread out the ball. You know they know they know that they're going to see mostly cover two and cover three. So they'll know exactly how to attack, you know, where the corners aren't as much of a factor. And let's give credit to the little receiving group that they have. They got a whole bunch of young dudes that look like they don't even play football, and these dudes are playing well. They still don't have that guy that stretches the field, that takes the top off of safeties. Lockett is probably their closest thing, but uh, I expect a good game. Going to the next game, Green Bay coming here to Arizona. I don't think that game's going to be close, Reese. I don't think it'll be like last game, but I still see this as a two-touchdown game and very physical. And I think Aaron Rodgers is still remembering the nine sacks and not including all the other knockdowns that they put on. Yeah, I I think that – It'll be it'll be within two touchdowns. I think that um, they're going to shore some things up, look at film, protect Aaron a, a bit better, even if they have to roll him out some. Um, but you know, overall, I think Arizona just has too much for the Green Bay defense to deal with, especially uh, the Green Bay secondary. Uh, I think that they're going to take some shots, more shots than usual downfield to really really test them. And and I think that'll uh, open up the run game late in the game. So um, I'm I'm thinking you know Arizona is going to win by by you know ten points, not fourteen, but but ten touchdown in the field goal. Uh, t- but I'm, t- I'm looking forward to it though. Well, Chris Johnson is back too. So uh, this week, and I think that makes a difference at depth with running back, um, which could cause more problems for a Green Bay as well. I think that with the pressure that they put the last time, and yes, Green Bay is going to go and try to shore it up and try to see how they can protect against this defense. But the issue lies with the fact that Arizona strength is also their other strength is not just rushing their front four. Some of those sacks are coverage sacks. (laughs) And so I think that that the and they play solid run D. 
So uh, it's I just see a long game for Green Bay frustration. Also, when you've been hit hard by someone, if they look like they're about to like they could be coughing, and you see their hand move, they start flinching. <laughs> that that's what I think it has happened and will happen with Green Bay. That well, wow, they put their hands on me. Well, you so, know the best the best friend of a quarterback is a running game. So Eddie Lacy is gonna have to put, be a factor in this game also for them to have a chance. But I, I think Arizona's going to win. Gotcha. And then we have, so we both, I said Kansas, I said New England being Kansas City. You said New England as well? Yeah, same thing. Same now thing. we have Pittsburgh, Pitts, or Pittsburgh versus New England, or Denver, correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And I, I really think that Pittsburgh comes back and wins this. If if they do if if Antonio is playing, Pittsburgh wins. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh wins also, and it really has nothing to do with how Pittsburgh plays. It's just how Peyton Manning is going to play, and I, and I don't think you know even with the amount of rest that he had, you know, being out a couple of weeks, and and you know he came in last week, and yeah, they, well, not last week, the week before last, and yeah, they won the, won the game, but. It's not like, you know, he had a rocket arm and he looked fresh and, you know, things looked totally different. I mean, they just squeaked, squeaked out a win in that situation. And I didn't see anything different. He's he's still going to be floating the ball, throwing, you know, wounded ducks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't I don't I don't believe in Peyton. He's done. He's washed up. And I, I think Pittsburgh is going to go in there and, and win. And I think they're going to win. big. So mean. So mean. I mean, I, I I like Peyton, but I mean he's done. It's just like Kobe. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, speaking of Kobe, you got the L.A. Rams going back, <laughs> yeah, which oh, I think is a good move for the NFL. It, it's a it's a good move <clears throat> in the sense of you know putting a team back in that market, even though that market really didn't support their teams to begin with, but. That's another story for another day. But I just feel kind of sorry for St. Louis fans. Uh, you know, I was listening to Dan Deardorff on uh, Mike, Mike and Mike this morning. And he was talking about how, you know, when the Cardinals had moved to Arizona, really that was more shocking and more hurtful than, than St. Louis because it felt like, you know, well, not St. Louis, but the Rams because the Cardinals had been there for a much longer period of time. So uh, I, I plan to write a, a blog about that later on tonight. To, It'll uh, be interesting, especially with the depth and st- depth that was left with the city and stuff like that in the state. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I look forward to these games. I will be at the Cardinals uh, game this weekend. Reese, man, it's always a pleasure, brother. Absolutely. Same here, man. And thank you all for listening. And we will invite you back next week to the Man Cave to talk about these hirings and all that stuff. So you guys stay safe out there. Have a good weekend. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.